strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Uh, hard to believe. I'm, we're getting older, man. Coolio, dead at 59 years old. Uh, I wish we could spend, I'd love to spend some time just talking about music. I spend too much time doing it, and then I'm sure it makes the bosses cringe every once in a while. But I I love music, and Coolio is such a talented guy. A lot of superstars around in music and the entertainment world speaking out about it. Really weird that he died so quickly. I'm sure we'll find out uh, results uh, later on. But uh, 59 years old, very young for someone like that, someone that talented as well. Want to shift back to the economy as we've talked about this a few times today. And it seems to be an ongoing theme. What direction are we going? What pain are we going to have to endure to get inflation under control? Uh, what I've looked at and what I have seen, the NASDAQ is down 300. And the NASDAQ is down three and a half percent today. Um, so we have seen a, a massive correction is happening Um and I think that what you're seeing from the people that's over 618 points on the Dow, it is down almost below 29,000. It's at 29,065 right now. Um, it is, and it was near 37,000. I mean, that's a huge dramatic shift over one year. And what we're seeing is the, the two things that the Fed has done recently. The three quarters of a point jump is one thing. That would have you know caused some concern. But when they gave their projections as to what is going to happen next, they are saying that by the end of the year, they believe they're going to do it again. And indicators are it's going to be another three quarters of a point. Um, and so the the people that are the money people, the people for you know the Dow and the Nasdaq and the S and P, the investors of people's money are looking at this and saying they are worried. They are worried for the future, not just for the immediate. What's happening now, and that's what concerns me more than anything else is when I look at them saying, looking at this and saying, "Oh my gosh, this is this is tragic," or "Tragedy is coming." We are hearing from major investors that what has been the bright spot in the economy and continues to be, by the way, job. Jobless claims remain to be very low uh, or remain very low uh, is that we are going to see layoffs, that you are not going to be able to do what they need to do and not have massive job losses across multiple sectors, if not all of them, in our economy. The good news about what we're seeing is Arizona is faring very well, and this is where elections have such consequences and personalities get in the way. Um, when it comes to Governor Ducey, it's a mixed bag with people, and I hear from people all over the place. I really do. And there are so many small business owners that are furious about the fact that our governor went along with shutdowns of businesses and the way it was handled and the multiple times we did shutdowns and no in-person dining. And I'll tell you that I had disagreements with the way it was handled myself. I have disagreements myself with the lack of communication through all of that. That's my personal feeling. And I've got no problem having that disagreement with the governor, although I consider I know the governor. And I, um, and when I say that, it's because it's it's not as if I am somebody sitting isolated that never sees the governor, so I can just blurt out things. No, I would have a, a, a genuine conversation where I disagree. But when you look at the totality of what's been done in the eight years of this administration, this isn't, and I don't think he would even take credit for this. This isn't a Doug Ducey thing. This is a legislature and governor thing. This is a mindset and ideology that says, and it does start with leadership in the governor's office, but it is a team effort of legislators that come together and say, 
We have to build an economy so that the next time a recession happens, and that's where we're headed, the next time a recession happens, Arizona isn't caught being myopic in its industry. Construction crashed. Our economy crashed. Look at the diversity of Arizona's economy. That doesn't mean we're not going to feel the effects of a recession. It means we are going to weather it much better than, better than other places. Um, Arizona lowers its flat taxes, putting this in place, 2.5% flat tax for the tax year 2023, not 2024. The governor wrote, it's time to deliver lasting tax relief for Arizona families and small businesses so they can keep more of their hard-earned money. This tax relief keeps Arizona competitive and preserves our reputation as a job magnet and generator of opportunity. So when you want to raise revenue, um, I'm going to use the example I've used before, which is Black Friday. Um, How did businesses... Get in the black. Why is Black Friday called Black Friday? Day after Thanksgiving, before we had all of the sales that happened online, classically speaking, for those of you that are older, remember, people made it a, a you know, they, they have Thanksgiving dinner, you take a nap, you clean up, and then people would go, families would go camp out outside of stores waiting for the day, deals that came out the next day for Black Friday. And there'd be wrestling matches inside Walmarts and a big box stores and everything else over the sales items. So what they did was they would take their items and they would reduce their price and it would increase their profit. How is that possible? The government's idea is if we want to raise our revenue, we raise taxes. Well, if you look what business has done, they broaden their customer base by making it more affordable for more people and more people spend money. So a TV that's $1,800, you sell it for $900 and you sell about 100 of them as opposed to 20 of them. And that's what they've done. And they've done this year after year after year after year. That's Black Friday. That, in a nutshell, is what Black Friday is. The same kind of approach when it comes to taxation has been employed in states like Florida, Texas, Nevada, and now Arizona, where they say lower the taxes – More people working, more people spending money. Companies have more money to pay their employees. Employees are buying more things. Money into the state coffers goes up. And it's working. It's working in Arizona. The area, the Phoenix area, the state of Arizona, we are performing better than the rest of the country economically. Feeling the same, the same recessions going on. Highest inflation rate in the country in the Phoenix area. Housing prices are are softening, so that may help in that regard. But you have to admit, it's working. It's working. And so why don't we look at it from a policy standpoint and say it is. If we can lower taxes so people are paying less to the government, but they're getting more revenue because more people are paying, it's a win for everyone. Instead, we have the tax and spend punish the rich mentality that seems to permeate, and I don't get it. We get you caught up in a moment. It's uh, the biggest news stories of the day. We call it Did You Hear This? So stick around for it. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right, let's get caught up on the headlines. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Hurricane Ian made landfall in Fort Myers, Florida yesterday, and it had far-reaching impacts. 
The Orlando area has gotten more than 16 inches of rain in the last 24 hours. That is a record. That makes this a 1,000-year rain event. There's a 0.1% chance of this happening in any given year. What surprised you the most about the hurricane? The wind. Um, the videos that were sent to me by people, my family members and others. Uh, it, it, it is not only that it's blowing 100 miles an hour. It was sustained for hours and hours and hours. And it was amazing the amount of damage that was done with the storm surge. Uh, I told this story earlier. One of our hangouts on the beach is a little area called Times Square. I used to cruise around it when we were kids in high school. And then they made it all pedestrian. But it's been there for as long as I've been in Florida. And I was there since 1978 and it was there before that um and it is completely gone not flooded gone and and to see that kind of devastation from the wind is just uh heartbreaking and my big prayer now is they start doing recovery and rescue that they do more rescue than recovery and we're praying for a limited loss of life The GDP retracted six-tenths of a percentage point in the second quarter of the year. But it's still a good time to find jobs. Number of first-time jobless applications fell by 16,000 last week, according to the Labor Department. Right now, there's still about two open jobs for every unemployed worker. Does the bright spot in jobs make you feel better about the economy? Um, No, it doesn't. Uh, The future of the economy worries me because the people that make the money, the people that invest in Wall Street are pulling back. It is almost under 29,000 at the last time I checked on the Dow. Um, I'm glad people are working. It is the saving grace that if people need to find a second job to survive inflation, there are still jobs available. My big concern is watching the experts say that jobs are going to be the next to fall, that at the next interest rate hike, we are going to see a pullback and a recession of jobs, that the layoffs are inevitable. I hope they're wrong. I really do. But I don't feel better about the economy, mostly because the people that invest in the economy are not feeling better. They're pulling back. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every single day at this time to catch you up on the headlines. A new model talks about a tight midterm race. 538's model shows it's a toss-up as to whether Congress will be divided or controlled by one party after the midterm elections. What do you think will happen on November 8th? I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I think it's going to be a mixed bag. It has a lot to do with the quality of candidates in both parties. Money is behind it. There's going to be a lot of money spent for Mark Kelly. Um, Indicators are that Blake Masters is pretty far behind, and then we see polls in the other direction. I read a poll the other day that said that the Democrats have a really good chance of hanging on to the Senate and that they are growing in popularity. And then a story came out today that said all of those leads were wiped out in 24 hours. It all is going to come down to this for both political parties. Two things. Number one is turnout in your party. Are Is your party driven to go to the polls and vote? Is it the abortion issue for one side of the aisle? Is it the economy and the border for the other side of the aisle? Will you turn out in a midterm election in mass? That's one thing. The other is how do those candidates from opposite political parties attract the all-important in independent voter. If they're not able to do that, it doesn't matter what else you do, you're going to lose. Those two factors, and I'll be honest, I don't know which way it's going to go. I'm as anxious as everybody else to see. Last night, baseball fans in Toronto watched Aaron Judge make history. It is gone! Number 61! He ties Roger Maris for the American League single-season record with 61 home runs. 
What is one of your favorite sports memories that you've ever seen? That I've ever seen? Oh, um, I was at the uh, Monday night football game in the old Orange Bowl in Miami when the Miami Dolphins in 1985 gave the Chicago Bears their only loss for the season. And it wasn't that I hated Chicago, but it was historic. I mean, they went on to be, I thought they were going to be one of the, historically one of the greatest teams in the NFL. But it was a night that Dan Marino and Mark Duper and Mark Clayton and those guys just played so well in the Orange Bowl to be in that atmosphere. That was one of them. I'm trying to think of what other amazing things I've seen. Well, I got to watch guys like Alex Rodriguez play uh, high school baseball. I saw A-Rod play high school baseball. I played football with Deion Sanders. Um, so I've gotten to see some pretty cool stuff. I don't know if they're historic, but they were pretty cool. <laughs> I just talked about how old I am now, didn't I? I just, I just gave away how old I am. 1985, I, talked, I pulled a sports reference out from 1985. So what about you, Julia? You are, I love the fact that you are a huge sports fan. Give me one of your moments. Well, Ed and I were talking about this, but I'm a huge Jets and a Mets fan. So on the Jets side, it would probably be when the Jets beat the Patriots in that 2010-2011 division round, AFC AFC divisional round. And then for the Mets, probably when they swept the Cubs to go to the World Series. All right. So that season, when the Mets won the World Series, I was living in Staten Island, New York for a summer with a friend's family. So I got to see Doc Gooden pitch. So I guess that would be one of them. I got to see Doc Gooden pitch. Um, I got to see Daryl Strawberry and Keith Hernandez and Gary Carter and all those great players. Rafael Santana, all those players play that season. I didn't get to go to any of the series games, but I got to watch that team play multiple times that summer. I can't tell you how jealous I am. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm it pretty was jealous. Such, it, was, it, was, it was fun. And I'm not as big a baseball fan as I am a football fan, but it was pretty amazing. And all those years where I got to watch, um, we're paying for them now, man, because people hate us. But our years with the Miami Hurricanes, when we were just wiping people off the map. Those historic teams were so much fun to watch. And I remember my brothers, and we were just such diehard. We still are diehard Miami fans for the Hurricanes. But, man, we are paying a price. Middle Tennessee State beat us, and I'm still getting text messages about that. It's horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) They're laughing at me. All right, coming up, we are going to talk about the White House and acting on the Dreamers. That's coming up. Stick around. values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, do it. It's the Mike Broomhead Show podcast. Very simple to download. Listen at your convenience. Never miss a minute of the show. All those are great reasons to download it right now. And I want to thank my friends over at King LASIK and K2 Vision RLE for sponsoring. They are the best vision for the Valley. Schedule your free virtual consult at KingK2Vision.com. Talked about the economy. We've been talking also about the executive order. The president is getting ready to do something for protections for dreamers. Now, they are concerned. I think it's the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals is getting ready to act on the DREAM Act that was signed by President Obama, which is not a law. It's an executive action. So in preparation for that not going the way that the dreamers want it, this president is getting ready to do something with an executive order to further that protection. That's where they stand. This further shows the inept um, behavior of Congress. There should have been a law a long time ago about this. There are a lot of things at play. I understand the frustration of everybody involved in this situation. You know, for the Republicans in Congress and for the potential Republicans that may be going to either the House or the Senate – 
The frustrations at the border begin and end with failed policies of this administration that they completely ignore. Um, the way things change are when the American people begin to stand up, and there have been certain times in recent years where that has worked. I talked earlier about the VA, and I want to use it as an example again. Um, we found out years ago that the Veterans Administration was was uh, doctoring paperwork. Now, um, I want to be fair because I have, I'm familiar with a lot of people at the Veterans Administration at the VA. I know a lot of people that are patients at the VA that give the VA rave reviews. I have a friend who was just in for an issue recently and said, hey, make sure you say nice things about the VA because they are fantastic and they do a great job. And I believe that to be true. But they are dramatically understaffed. There's way too much red tape and patients were not getting in in a timely fashion to get care. To make it worse, they were doctoring the paperwork to make it look like they were. There were executives within the VA that were getting bonuses, performance bonuses, based, based on appointment times being within a 30-day window. When we found out as Americans, when we found out that that wasn't the case, that that was a lie, the American people demanded that Congress do something. So much so that a deal was made for the, the choice card for veterans, which actually originated, was produced and that program rolled out from a company here in Arizona, here in the Valley. Um, but it was done by Senators John McCain and Bernie Sanders, two politically polar opposite members of the Senate, came together and got something done, got a piece of legislation through the Congress, and in pretty short order started moving in the right direction. That was because the American people found out on something that they had in common, which is our respect for veterans. And we were able to let Congress know by virtue of our dissatisfaction that there would be heavy political prices to be paid if this wasn't fixed. Now, is it 100 percent fixed? I don't know that it ever will be, but it's much better. We should be all of us should be saying the same thing about the border. Um, what is happening is not helpful to the people coming here. So for, this is one thing we all should agree on. It, it, there's no way, even if you believed that the treatment of the former president, Trump, was inhumane. If you believe that to be true, I will not try to change your mind on it. I don't think it's – there's no value in it because he's not the president anymore. So if we decided to change horses – in the middle of the race with presidents and, and one of the key factors was the inhumane treatment of people at the border. There is no way, and this is where I will argue with you, that you can look at what's happening now and say those people are being treated any more humanely. They just aren't. The cartels are ruthless. And so we all should agree that the problem is immense and it's getting worse and it is causing the next generation of dreamers. And I've talked so many times about this today. This piece of legislation to protect the dreamers is a shining example of how broken our immigration system is. Do I think it needs to be revamped and fixed? Yes, I do. Of course I do. Why are we not controlling the border so that there aren't more people funneling into this disastrous, broken system? It is a two-way street, but you and I, as voters, should be demanding more. I mentioned that I spoke to a bunch of gang cops the other day. I was uh, honored to read off their awards. 
And uh, it's an organization called ASGIA, the Arizona Gang uh, Investigators Association, ASGIA. And they had a huge conference with over 600 gang cops in attendance. And it was really, first of all, an honor to be in that room. I know that sounds silly, but you're talking about people that deal with the worst of the worst. These are people that are in harm's way all the time. I mean, they really do dangerous work. You know, there's bounties on their heads and their families' heads, and it's a dangerous, dangerous job. And what makes it more dangerous is the access to and from the border that they have. These gangs, many of these criminal gangs, whether it's the Mexican Mafia or some of these other groups, um, they are funded, they are armed, and they are controlled by the cartels in Mexico here in the United States, but specifically talking about the state of Arizona. And if you think it's just Phoenix or Mesa or Glendale, you're wrong. It's Mojave County. It's Yavapai County. It's Cochise County. It is everywhere in the state of Arizona. There are gang members, and these gang members are selling drugs, and they are shooting and killing people. They are threatening people. They are committing acts of crime, and they are being funded, and they are being armed by people south of our border. Am I saying that all the people crossing our border are that? Absolutely not. I'm saying we don't have effective control of that border. So yes, it's harder for the border agents. It's harder for Border Patrol or CBP and harder for ICE. It makes it more difficult to do their jobs. It makes it harder for local law enforcement and the sheriffs in those border towns to keep a lid on crime and the fentanyl busts we see in Phoenix and everything else. But what about these other cops? What about the cops that are charged with infiltrating it to some degree? Maybe that's the wrong word, but infiltrating and getting intelligence and making arrests on gang members and dismantling these criminal enterprises. And we are doing nothing as a nation to stop that crime from happening. There's no way you can tell me that that's more humane than what was going on before. And it isn't I'm not over here lobbying you know, for one political party or the other, what I'm saying is what you wanted, what you voted for, because I didn't vote for Joe Biden, what you voted for is failing at the border. It should be you that's the angriest. Anybody that voted for Joe Biden should be the one that is angry. You should be standing up and saying to your political party, if, even if you're not a Democrat to the party you voted for, you should be saying to them, I stood up for you. I voted for you. You promised you were going to make it better. Now, I look like an idiot because I voted for you. Now, there are those that will say, I don't care how bad this president is, it's still better than what we had before. Okay, um, we've never seen it this bad. You voted for a new direction, and that new direction isn't working. And so it's up to you. I'm not mad. I'm not, I'm not, it, it's that we have to stand up and hold our people accountable and say, I have been the one who, um, who came and said, you're the person that should lead us. And now I look like a fool. And you better fix it. Um, I just saw someone, a friend of mine just sent me an article uh, shredding the Arizona Cardinals. I think it's a Washington Post story saying that this Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray thing isn't working and that they both got these long extensions from Michael Bidwill and from Kime, the Steve Kime, the uh, general manager, and it's not working. And I read that and I thought, you know, if that's politics, they're right. It, 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 if it were the political landscape in America, they'd be right. This isn't working. So the pressure should be on Cliff Kingsbury. The pressure should be on Kime. It should be on them because they were hired by the Bidwill family to lead this team to excellence, to lead this team to being better than they were last year. And they aren't. Now, it's just sports. 
Okay, I mean, it's sports. It's not life or death. But we hired Joe Biden as a country. I didn't vote for him, but we hired him as a country to put us in a better place. And two years in, we aren't. We aren't in a better place. As a matter of fact, I would argue that when especially when it comes to the border, we're much worse, much worse than we've ever been. So where are the people on his side of the aisle making the demand that they do something different and fix the issue? It needs to happen, and it needs to happen very, very, very soon. Uh, the governor's announcement on a tax break and moving it quickly. We're going to talk about the advantage to that in just one moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Before I close it out, I want to talk about performance and I want to talk about outlook. Um, the outlook for the country right now is not that great as far as the economy goes. And we are here feeling that with the effects on Wall Street right now. Uh, the market hovers right around just above twenty nine thousand uh, down six hundred thirteen points for the day, down seven thousand points, almost eight thousand points for the year. Um That is a huge decline, and the reason is outlook. I believe that what's happening on Wall Street, it's an indicator of what they believe is coming. So the outlook is 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 the direction we're going now is not good. It's it's going to be a hard landing is what we're hearing from experts. And we learned lessons. I have said this and it's so funny. I am I'm going to be very honest. I'm such a hypocrite in this regard in saying that we have to learn from other people's mistakes. I, I mean, I'm being very honest about my hypocrisy. When I was young, I had very good influences around me when I was young. And I had adults around me that would say, don't make the same mistake I made. And I never listened. I just said, I'll, I'll pay for my own mistakes. And to my credit, I did. For the most part, I paid for my own mistakes. I didn't make anybody else pay for my mistakes, but I made a lot of them. And I continued to beat my head against that wall before I finally figured out it hurts. And then I learned a little bit of a lesson. But we as a society should be learning from other people's mistakes and other mistakes that were made. Uh, I used this example earlier in the show, and I'm leading to a point about taxes in Arizona. Um, we had one industry for the most part in Arizona, and I, I, and I mean a major industry, and it was construction. And uh, you know we had some tech here. You know, Intel is here on semiconductors, some other major companies. We've had defense contractors here um, in Arizona, but our major income was from construction. And when the construction market fell in 08, 07, 08, whatever year that was, um, it was a major downfall for the state of Arizona. And we learned a valuable lesson from that. And so moving forward, the word was diversification and intentional growth. That's what it was talked about. You have to grow intentionally. And if you look around, and I, I want to give credit where credit's due to so many places. The city of Mesa, um, great job what they've done with intentional growth and bringing the tech industry there. You look what's happening in North Phoenix, bringing the chip industry here. That was intentional by the state of Arizona. The diversification of what we've done, the expansion of the 303 out in the West Valley, and the industrial parks and the industrial properties out there that are going to feed the Port of L.A. to and from the Port of L.A. on the I-10 with its expansion. All of that was intentional growth. And it all happened with a with a comprehensive look at how we fix things. We had to do something for with taxes for big and small businesses. We now have a flat tax of two and a half percent. The governor of Arizona 
rolled out the state this flat tax, and they're going to do it for this this the year of 2023 coming up, not 2024. Uh, the governor said it's time to deliver lasting tax relief to Arizona families and small businesses so they can keep more of their hard-earned money. This tax relief keeps Arizona competitive and preserves our reputation as a job magnet and generator of opportunity. And so it's working. These are the arguments I want to have with people in policy. Somebody explain to me how it is not a good idea if we can lower the rate of taxation for everyone and raise revenue into the state coffers. How is that a loser for anyone? It isn't. It's a win for everyone. The old ideology of tax and spend and punish the rich are just that, an old ideology. It's a class warfare mentality. Why should someone with all of that money, I'm going to drive through North Scottsdale and Paradise Valley and look at these palatial homes, look at these mansions people are living in, and they're going to pay this paltry 2.5% in state taxes. They can afford to pay so much more. That's the fight we have. Well, there is an old adage that you tax the things you want less of and you subsidize the things you want more of. I personally would love to have more wealthy people here. If you think about just uh, let's talk about Mesa for a moment because I happen to know some people that work in Mesa. Um, when you bring in an industry in Mesa that has high paying jobs, when you bring Apple and, and those kinds of companies into that city – and they're paying people a much higher wage, those people are going to want to live in more expensive houses. So those people buy higher-end houses. What does it do to the property value of the people that already live there? Drives up your property value. It also means that those people are paying a higher property tax because their homes are more value. That's more money into the government's coffers being spread out because you have higher-end people living, higher-income people living in your city or at least in parts of your city. It drives up the property values for people if they want to sell their home. All of it's a good thing. But in some people's minds, they say, well, if you're going to come here and you're going to live in our city, you're going to pay a premium. Well, they'll go live somewhere else. That's the issue. A business will relocate to where it's more friendly. We've subsidized the things we want more of. And if we want more wealthy businesses bringing wealthy jobs, we have to make sure we make a situation that they say, this is where I want to be. And it's working, so I'm glad it's working. We are going to fare better than others. Number one in economic performance. Number three in economic outlook. Can't argue with the success, and I hope we continue that way to weather the storm of the recession that we're in and the direction that we're heading. Out of time, I appreciate everybody's thoughts and prayers about my family and my friends in southwest Florida dealing with Hurricane Ian. We'll have more updates on that tomorrow. The show begins at about 8 o'clock. Appreciate you spending some time with me today, and I hope you can do the same tomorrow. Would love to have that conversation with you. Until then, have a great day, everyone. God bless.